We are so thankful for your presence this morning, and we're grateful for our online community that's uh, with us this morning, and we're excited with the family uh, locally that's here, and we just um, uh, honor you, and most of all, we honor the Lord. We pray that you all had a wonderful uh, holiday, Thanksgiving, and we're just so excited that all year long is a, a, a day of Thanksgiving. And uh, when it comes down to the holidays, we we need to remember to love one another, to embrace one another. And the reason being because we don't never know when, when one is going to leave from our presence. Uh, or we can be alive and still not be um, present. Uh, there are so many people now that has dementia and, and they're not even aware of who they are or who their family is. So we, we, we need to, to embrace one another as um, best as we can and love one another and be thankful uh, to the Lord for what God is, has allowed us to, to be a part of, uh, to be part of a family, not only a, a, a blood family, but the main family, which is the family of God. And I'm thankful that I have many brothers and sisters all over the world that I've never seen, you know, uh, I've I've never felt their presence, but yet in the spirit realm, I know that I have many brothers and sisters in Christ. And and that is just so (coughs) awesome. So prayerfully, one day we will get to meet them. Amen. We will meet them from on high. So we're excited. So today we're going to believe in the Lord. We're going to be blessed by the word of God, and we're going to receive uh, the engrafted word of the Lord. Amen. All right. Let's give God a hand clap of praise for his word. Amen. Amen. Good morning, house. Good morning. You can turn with me to the book of Judges. Testing. One, two, three. Testing. <clears throat> The book of Judges, the sixth chapter, starting at the 11th verse. I'm glad to see everybody that come out today. Praying for those that could have and didn't. Praying for those that would have, but for various legitimate reasons, they couldn't make it today. There's a difference between legitimacy and illegitimacy. Amen? (coughs) Judges, the sixth chapter, verses 11. Are we all there? Our title today is 300, part one, the selection. Once again, our title today is 300, part one, the selection selection. Let's pray. Father, in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, once again, we come before you as humbly as we know how. Father, may I decrease as you increase in me as we bring this word forward in Jesus' name. Let the church say amen. Amen. Let it say amen again. Please say it one more time like you mean it. Amen, amen, amen. In the book of Judges, we see here that the angel of the Lord came to Gideon. The word Gideon means warrior. And he told Gideon that 
he was a man of valor, which is a man of integrity, a man of courage, a man of ability. But like most of us, Gideon didn't know who he was. He knew the Lord, but he didn't know the power thereof. So Gideon, he debated with the angel of the Lord. And being that he was from the tribe of Manasseh, which means to forget, he felt that he and his people were inadequate. And why would God come to him and tell him that he was a mighty man of valor? Because he felt in his own sight that he was really a coward. I'm going to show it to you in the book in a minute. But the deal is, is that God takes our inadequacies and turns them into abilities in him. Amen? So the word of the Lord tells us here in Judges, the 6th chapter, verse 11, it says, And there came, over there, And there came an angel of the Lord, which is a messenger, and he sat under an oak. Oak represents a place of strength, which was in Oprah. Oprah means immaturity. And that pertained unto Joash the Abizrite, and his son Gideon, which means warrior. Look what Gideon was doing. He was threshing wheat, not in the wine press, but by the wine press. See, those little words are very, very, very powerful. Threshing wheat means to be working the word of God. But he wasn't working the word of God in what we call the anointing. See, many times we, as Christians, we work the Word of God, but the Word of God is ineffective in our life because it's not being worked out of the anointing. Amen? The Word of God, he see, he was working the Word. He was threshing wheat by the wine press, not in the wine press, but by the wine press. Big difference. And he was doing this because he was hiding it. I told you he was a coward. He was hiding it from the Midianites, which means strife in your life. How many times have we as Christians, we work the word of God, but we don't work it in the anointing. And what we do is, is that when all this strife, when all this contention, when all these things come upon us, what do we do? We don't speak it out. We don't speak out the word. We don't allow the word to stand up to the strife and the contention that's in our life. And therefore, we remain defeated Christians. Amen? Amen? Come on with me now because we're going to go some places today. We're going to go some places in the spirit realm. And God is going to try to help us. Well, you know, I see here that Gideon wasn't the only one who was... Should I say fearful? Let's go to the book of 2 Corinthians 7, 5. The book of Corinthians. 2 Corinthians, I believe it is. 7, verse 5. 2 Corinthians. Tell me when you get there, please. 
Are we there? 2 Corinthians 7 verse 5. So I'll walk with you. Here the word says, Paul speaking, he says, For when we were coming to Macedonia, Macedonia means a place of elevation, a place of adoration. He says that when we were come into that place of elevation, that place of adoration called Macedonia, it says that our flesh had no rest. Amen? But we were what? Troubled on every side. Can anybody identify with being troubled on every side? When, when all kind of crazy, even in this season that we're going through right now, we're beginning to, instead of it being a happy and a joyous time, most people get depressed during this time of the season. I mean, it even tried to attack me. But if I hadn't known what the word said, then, you see, 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 let me tell you something about the mind of a person. And Minister Tom and I talked about this the other day. The mind, when it brings forth a thought, it doesn't know whether it's right or wrong. All it's doing is it's bringing forth what it's used to you doing. But it's up to the consciousness in you to decide whether or not it's right or wrong and whether you should do it or not. Now, when your conscience is not, when your conscience is carnal, then we do what that carnal thought tells us to do. Mm -hmm. But it's up to us to choose whether we want to take the suggestion that the mind brings because a thought is nothing but a suggestion. And if you don't fall prey to the suggestion, then, especially when the suggestion is incorrect, then... That's because the conscience that's in you, the real you, it understands and knows I shouldn't do this. I should not be afraid. The Bible says that when we came unto this place of elevation, this place of adoration in God, said our flesh still did have no rest. Have you ever worshipped God and then been elevated in God and then you still don't have no rest in your flesh? Your flesh still be on you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It says our flesh had no rest, but we were no rest, but we were troubled on every side. Not some side, but every side, you know. With out, meaning outside of us, were fightings, and within us was fears. Hmm. All this stuff fighting against us from the outside brings on fear on the inside. Amen? You get bad news. You fall apart. I call it the chicken little syndrome. The sky is falling. But it ain't nothing but an acorn. Amen? I'm going to touch in here today. You see, because all of us have been confronted with strife, contention, adversity, all of us. But God has a remedy for us today on this. Let's go back to Judges and go to the seventh chapter. We're not going to move around much. I like to keep it within close proximity of what God is saying. (coughs) Watch it there. 
Now, he tells him that he's a mighty man of valor in verse 2 of chapter 11, or verse 2 of chapter 6, verse 12, I believe it is, yeah, verse 12. He calls him a mighty man of valor. He doesn't see himself like that. God calls that warrior spirit in us a mighty man of valor. But we don't see ourselves like that because of the strife, the contention, all these things that are coming along in our life. But in chapter 7 of Judges, verses 1, it says, Then Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel means one who contends with the false god called Baal. Amen? Who is Gideon? Because Gideon is that warrior in us that's going to fight against this false doctrine that's out here in the world. It is that warrior spirit that's in us that's going to stand up for what's right that's in the Bible. But if we're afraid, we're going to do just like Gideon was doing. What Gideon was doing was he was hiding the word of God. Because he was afraid that the Midianite strife, contention, was going to cause problems for him and take it. How many times have we been in our home, on our job, in the church? And because we're afraid of the strife, we don't stand up for the word. If ever a time we should stand up for the word, it ought to be now. Whether it's in here or out there, it doesn't matter. Oh, you're going to be attacked. Strife is going to attack you. Contention is going to attack you. Adversity is going to attack you regardless of what you do, whether you do something or not. You're still going to be under attack. doesn't matter. Amen? So God's word goes on and says now, Zerubbabel, who is Gideon, and all the people, look what they did, that were with him, mm-hmm, they rose up early. See, you got to get up early. Got to get through breakthrough early in the Lord. And they pitched beside the well of Herod, which is a well of tranquility. See, they were all in a peaceful place. Mm-hmm. So that the host of the Midianites, that's that strife and all of that crazy stuff, were on the north side of them, which is the conscious carnal mind. See, strife, adversity, and all of this Contention, see, it works in the carnal conscious mind of an individual. Amen? But they, notice, they were in the place of tranquility. They were in a place where the peace of God surpasses all understanding. But God's their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen? But here's the thing. Everybody with you may act like they're peaceful. In God, everybody with you may claim that they don't have no fear. They'll come in and they'll put on this smile and they'll do this adoration to God. But they're trembling inside because when it comes time to go to war, we hide, we run away. We become what we call MIAs. In the military, we call it mission, missing in action. Amen. So the Midianites was on the north side. 
They were by the hill of Moray in the valley. Two words that's very important here. Moray means teacher. They were about to get taught a lesson, but Gideon was about to get taught a lesson too. There were the Midianites were by the hill of Moray, the teacher. But notice where they were. What's that last word there? Valley. They were in the valley. That's where the Midianites is. See, see, strife, contention, adversity is always going to try to get you down in the valley. In a place called depression. In a place called without. And you don't know how to be content being without. See, that's what strife is. Contention is adversity is always going to try to get you down. It's never going to fight you when you're on the hill. It's never going to fight you when you're in the peace of God. It's never going to do that. But it's going to always try to get you and suggest to you to come down in this valley with me. Because that's where strife is. That's why you got so much hell in the world. And that's why you got so much hell in the church. Because they're down in what we call the valley of strife, contention, adversity, known as the Midianites. Amen? Amen. Mm-hmm. So let's go on further, you see. The word tells us here that in verse 2 of Judges chapter 7, it says, And the Lord said, mm-hmm, The Lord is speaking unto Gideon. The people that are with thee are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands. Before I go any further with that, (coughs) I want us to flip back over to Judges 6. Verses 12. I want to show you something here. Are you there? The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said unto him, Who did he say was with him? The Lord was with him. Y'all been in school. You spoke every read. Mm-hmm. See, this is why we miss out. Because we scan over this, but we're not doing it in the anointing, people. And you've got to learn to take the word and work it in the anointing, not by the wine press, but in the wine press. And when you do that, all these little ands and thens and these little conjunctions and all that, they become powerful words. Say that the Lord was with them. So the first thing that God wants us, the war spirit in us to understand, the first thing God wants us to understand is that he's with us. And then the next thing that God wants to do is to let us know who we are. We are a what? Somebody read it. A mighty Man of valor. Y'all act like y'all scared this morning. Y'all ate too much turkey. See? Eat this word the way you ate that turkey or whatever it is you ate. Eat it the same way with the same vigor 
in the anointing. When you come into the house of the Lord, you ought to be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifices of a fool because they don't know what they're doing. That's written in the Word. If I can get excited about Clemson, I can get excited about God. Amen? So, 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 let's get our attention going this morning. Let's Let's get this Word and let it work in us in the anointing. Otherwise, we're just coming here wasting time from Sunday to Sunday and seeing no change. It's time for a change. It's time for a change. It's time for us to work this word in the anointing of God and let God's power do what it's supposed to do. Because I'm going to tell you what God is about to do to those that don't and already has done. That's why I'm going to show you why I'm not impressed with big churches. God's going to show you why. Right here in this word today, he's going to show you something. And then you're going to be thankful for the little you have because a little in God's hand is a lot. This little crew right here is a lot because we turned it over to God and we do world ministry. Watch this word. Go back to the seventh chapter. The seventh chapter. <clears throat> Verse 2 says, And the Lord, seventh chapter of Judges, verse 2. And the Lord said unto Gideon the warrior, The people that are with thee are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands. Mm-hmm. See? Least Israel, uh huh, that's us. Vaunt themselves against me, saying, Mine own hand has saved me. You know why we go through ups and downs in life? God planned it that way. Why would God plan it that way? So we don't get too above ourselves. See, Paul said, By reason of the revelations that God gave me, He put a thorn in my side, in my flesh, uh huh, so that I wouldn't exalt myself above what I need to. You understand? Every great man and woman has a thorn in their flesh and a limp in their walk. And that's why God tells us to forgive one another as I have forgiven you. To be long-suffering toward one another because I've been long-suffering with you. In other words, get rid of self-righteousness because self-righteousness destroys the church. Self-righteousness causes people to look at everybody else's problem, but you can't look at their own. Self-righteousness causes people to gossip. And gossip is a bigger sin as homosexuality, gluttonous, adultery, or anything. It's one of them sins, too. Matter of fact, it's one of the, I think, one of the deadly sins. Run that lip. That's telling lies. Run that mouth. And church folk talk too much. They don't know how to cover one another. The Bible says if you see your brother in a fault, ye that are spiritual, not just you that are self-righteous, but you that are spiritual, go to that brother and restore that brother. And while you're doing the restoring, you better take heed that you don't fall into the same condemnation because you got something too. <laughs> huh? Huh? I ran the house. 
Uh-huh. Let's move on then. And say, now I got to get rid of some people. <laughs> I got to get rid of some folk. He fit to get rid of some too. See, it was 32,000 of them. And when you count the number, it comes out to five. Five is the number of grace. That means all of them knew God and was covered by the grace of God. But how many of y'all know the church got 32,000 in them? 22,000 of them are a bunch of cows. <laughs> That's why I ain't impressed with numbers. You see, I'm dealing out of 300. Do you understand what I'm saying, minister? I'm dealing out of 300, the selected. I'm not dealing out of 32,000. You say, look, you got this big old church with all these folk up in here. You're going to take my glory. When you go to war, you'll think you did it. God say, this is what I want you to do. Look at verse 3. Now, therefore, go to and proclaim. That means to preach it in the ears of the people, saying, are y'all there with me? Whosoever is what? Uh-huh. And a what? In other words, a.k.a. whosoever is a coward, go home. Look around you. Thousands of them come through here. They were cowards. They couldn't handle it, Marcelette. We thought it was something we were doing wrong, but it wasn't nothing we were doing wrong. It was what God was doing right. God was cleaning house of all the cowards because cowards can't go ye into the world and do what we do. It takes strong men and women, women that have faith, women that believe, men of faith, men that believe, people that are committed, who's got a thick skin and know that every time you come up into the house of the Lord, there's a circumcision taking place. And you got to learn how to enjoy bleeding because you're going to have to bleed some before you can get healed. And you got to be cut before you can bleed. They say now, they say, whosoever is fearful and afraid, let him return and depart early from Mount Gilead. Mount Gilead is a rocky region. And there returned of the people 22,000 out of 32,000 that were cowards. So don't you be dismayed when there's only a few, because God only wants 300 out of 32,000. He just sent 22 thousand cowards home because they can't go where we're going. Do you understand that? People be looking around hollering about the church don't grow. The church is growing in the spirit. You looking at the wrong thing. You looking at it at the eyes of men. The word of God says that every tree that's not planted by my heavenly father going to be what? And God can't use no coward. God sent the cowards home, didn't he? <laughs> Did you hear that? God sent the cowards home. Sent them home. Because they didn't have the right stuff of what it takes. Because now we're going toward Mount Gilead. That's that rocky place. There's going to be some rocky things happening in your life. Probably already have been. And you can't take no coward with you when you're going through. Oh. 
you got Brenda just told you you got to be careful. Been telling you that the last two, three weeks. You got to be careful who you taking with you when you go in the war. He said, now you send them home. And then the Lord said unto Gideon, I'm not going to be with you, Lord. I'm just going to hit you and go. And the Lord said unto Gideon, that's that war, you see, he's talking. Well, wait a minute. Let's go to 2 Timothy 1.7. Go there first. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God has not given us a spirit of fear. Uh-huh. But one of love, mm-hmm, power, mm-hmm, and a sound mind. So because God has not given us a spirit of fear, then that means that those who were afraid were incompatible with who God is and what God has given us, right? So he had to do what? Clean house, right? <laughs> well, I tell you, I rather have 300 that's selected by God than 32,000, and 22,000 of them is just straight up cowards. Because do you not know when you go to war that a coward will get you killed? When you go to war, you got to be willing to pull the trigger. And if you ain't got the willing to pull the trigger, you don't need to be beside me. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I'm pulling the trigger. I ain't got no problem pulling the trigger. I'm just being honest. And, and you think God ain't real with this? Didn't he send them jokers home? He said, all y'all cowards, send them home. Amen? That's God's word. Don't get mad at me. Just be thankful you ain't one of the cowards. Because if you was, you wouldn't be here. Amen? So you've been selected by God. That's why I say 300, the selected. Next week we'll talk about, if I live, we'll talk about 300, the victory. See, you got to be selected for victory. Am Am I preaching right? He goes on and he says here now, God didn't give us this spirit of fear. But he gave us one of love, power, and a sound mind. Going back over here to Judges 7, <coughs> verses 4, mm-hmm. because, well, verses 3, he says, So whosoever is fearful, let him return and depart early from Mount Gilead. See, God don't want us taking that coward to that rocky region in our life, to that rocky place. Because we think to go through some things. That's why Brenda been preaching what God has been giving her. See, God is trying to get us ready to understand that we think to go through some things that, that, that's a little bit abnormal for us to have to go through. It's called the rocky region. And he said, now you got to get rid of those that are afraid early. Because... When that thing get rocky in your life, you're going to need somebody that's going to stand with you and fight. Now, you better hear what I'm saying. You, when that thing get rocky in your life, you're going to need somebody that you can call on for counsel and help. All of us need each other. Ain't no, ain't no big eyes and little U's in here. It's just us. only thing big in here is Jesus Christ. Did you hear me? I don't walk around here prideful like I'm better than everybody else. I walk around here humble, do my little old job, 
which ain't little at all. And I expect everybody else to do the same thing. And I never say a word as long as people are doing what they're supposed to do. The only time I get crazy up in here is when I see something that's fixing to get crazy. And I don't allow it to take no root. I deal with things right when I see it. I'm not going to let that oak tree grow up and you're going to try to push it down. The devil is a staying lie. Ain't how you do that. You deal with it when you see it. That's why God put you in a position that you, if you would do what you need to do, Washington, and be men and women, and stop being no more, ain't no children in here, no more piss pot politicians, then you'll be able to get something done. Amen? I usually don't talk about it, but I'm going to tell you how stupid all these people are. I usually don't talk about politics up in here. But I'm going to give you a little snippet of how stupid they are. Whether you're Republican or you're Democrat, y'all crazy. And you got this side over here talking about the man that's in office, and the man that's in office, he's probably doing all he knows. You can't do no more than you know. If you've been a fool all your life and you get another position, you're still going to be a fool. If you've been talking crazy all your life and you get in a you're still going to talk crazy. But you over here talking about the man that's because you want to get elected. But you ain't doing nothing but talking about him. What are you going to do to solve the country's problems? You see what I'm saying? A coin got a head and a tail, but it's made out of the same material. Politicians got a head and a tail, and they're made out of the same material. Bull, you know what. And only ignorant folk listen to that mess because they keep us divided. You got to move that out of the way and let the gospel of Jesus Christ come into your heart. And that's the only thing. A house divided can stand. A house divided will fall every time. You put your trust in man, the Bible says you already cursed. And too many Christians are putting their trust in politicians and not in Jesus Christ. And preaching that garbage from the pulpit. Swaying they people on who to vote for. You need to be telling them to vote for Jesus. Just thought I'd throw that in there to wake us up. Say it left 10,000. 10,000, you counted one. That means they were unified. But it was still too many. He said, it's still too many for me to get the glory. And the Lord said, verse 4, are you there? Notice he keeps saying the Lord said. I'm just telling you what the Lord said. Can't blame it on me. He said in verse 4 that, And the Lord said unto Gideon, he's speaking to us, that war spirit is, that warrior, you know, that better half that's in us, that center of us. He said, The people are yet too many. Bring them down into the water. My God. Ooh-wee. The water. 
Go to Ephesians 5.26. Watch this water. Water is an indication of God's blessing. Because God's about to bless more than he has been blessing. And the reason why God is about to bless is because shady times, rocky times are coming in that rocky region. And he wants to bless us and we use wisdom with it and go through this hardship now so that when that rocky times hit, you won't be swept away like so many others will be. Look at five. What did I say? 526. He said, bring these people down by the water, didn't he? This is the reason why. That he, they, might be sanctified and cleanse it with the what? Washing of the what? So, by the word. The washing of the water. By the word, right? So if God is going to bless us, he said, bring them down to the water. Because I still got to see who I need to go on this journey with me. He says, bring them down to the water because I got to sanctify some that they might be cleansed through the washing of the water by the word. The water is an indication of the blessings God is bringing in our life. But they got to be washed. Because if we don't allow these blessings to be washed in the anointing, remember? Then what we're going to do is take these blessings and we're going to misuse them. Amen? So, he said, now, bring them down to the water because they got to be sanctified and cleansed by the washing of the water, by the word of God. Amen? By the word of God. That's what God's word says, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, here he is. He brings down 10,000 of them. But that's still too many. Something has to be done. So God takes them to the next phase. Verse 4 says in chapter 7 of Judges, (coughs) verse 4 tells us that, And the Lord said unto Gideon, too many of them, still too many, bring them down to the water, and I will do what? Try them for thee there. Look what he says, for thee there. See, that's what God does with this house of destiny. God tries the people that come through here to see if they are qualified and committed for what we need to get done for God here. See, he did this for Gideon because Gideon was on a mission for God. We're on house of destiny is on a mission for God. But we can't do it by ourselves unless God bring you to help us out. 
So what we do is we become a family to do the will of God and to bring his kingdom in. Amen? Make sense? Nobody's running around here trying to be Mr. Big Shot and all this old crazy stuff that people be doing in these churches. We just don't do that because that's not the way it's supposed to be done, church. It's not the way it's supposed to be done. So God says, he goes on, and he says, I'm going to try them there for thee. And this shall go, this shall go with thee, the same will go with thee. And of whomsoever I say unto thee, this shall not go with thee, the same shall not go. Do you see what God's word said here? God said, now whoever I tell you to pick as an officer, as a part of this ministry, that's the one you pick. And then the one that I tell you not to, you don't pick. It ain't about seniority. It ain't about none of that. It's about who God says. Amen? Well, immature people can't understand that. They'll get hot. You ain't raising hell all in the church. You ain't done nothing in the church. But, but you want to have a position, but you ain't got a possession. You, you don't have what it takes. Because you scared. You got strife in you. You're a drama queen and a drama king. You keep stuff going all the time. You, you know what I'm saying? You're more concerned with what color the carpet is or, or, or this, what this person wore over here and that. Instead of you listening to the word and getting yourself together, you trying to straighten everybody else out. But you crooked as a python snake. And that's a crooked snake. And now look, you take the one that I tell you to take. You don't take the ones that I don't tell you to take. You got to be strong as a leader in order to do that. Because you get connected with people and you get to liking people. You mess around and pick the devil. And you have a church that's upside down. And the next thing that you know, you'll be out the door. And the mission will be completely messed up because God didn't get a mission to nobody else. He gave a vision to you. And he put the people in here to bring that vision, that vision out. That's, that's the way it goes. But here Ray Charles talking about move over, let me drive. He's blind. He can't drive no car. God rest his soul. Stevie, let me drive. No, Stevie. You do good playing music and all. You're a good man. But you're not driving. Because you wreck somebody. You know what I'm saying? You got to have vision to lead. Verse 5 says, So he brought down the people unto the water. And the Lord said unto Gideon, watch this, everyone that lappeth of the water with his tongue, as a dog lappeth, you, you need to set him aside. Likewise, everyone that bowed down upon his knees, watch what's happening here. He says that 
everyone that lappeth like a dog with his tongue. That means to wash the blessings with the anointing of God by the spoken word. Same thing 526 is saying over in Ephesians. Amen? Y'all see what's happening here with the lapping of the dog, lapping the water up like a dog. It means to wash the blessings with the anointing of God by way of the spoken word. Remember, in the beginning, Gideon was working the word, but he wasn't speaking it. He was hiding it. Let me, let me, let me give you a secret. You remember in the Gospels, <clears throat> that's why you got to line each Gospel up, because each one, they give you a little more insight. The devil come to Jesus. Jesus say, it is written. Devil come back, try him again, say, well, it is written too. It is written. Second time. Devil come back and challenge him again. But do you not know that on that third time, if you put the gospel together, you'll see it there. Jesus said, it is said. That means it is spoken. God my. That ran that devil off. Quoting scripture, talking about it is written, ain't gonna do it. Working the scripture in the anointing and speaking it will do it. Amen. Amen? Did you hear me? You can quote scripture all day long. If you ain't working that thing and speaking that thing. In the anointing, ain't nothing happening, people. But when Jesus told that devil, it is said, in other words, I'm going to speak this word to you. I ain't going to tell you what's written. I'm going to tell you what's spoken. And when God created everything, God did not say it is written. The Bible say, and God said. That means he spoke. Amen? So don't come to me talking about it is written. Come to me speaking it in the anointing, and that's what's going to bring the power. Because there's too many tongue-talking devils out here. Too many. It's the spoken word in the anointing. That's going to bring about a change in our life. It's the spoken word in the anointing that's going to bring about clarity in our life. It's the spoken word in the anointing that's going to bring the church back in order. It's the spoken word in the anointing that's going to bring our families back together and put them in the place where they're supposed to be and make them act right when they're in the house. You know what I'm saying? It is the spoken word in the anointing. And if you stand on that word... When you speak in that word, in God's anointing, then he will sanctify us. He will cleanse us from all uncleanliness and unrighteousness. Amen? Amen. God's word says here now, when I do this for you, when you wash the blessings that I've given you, through the anointing by way of the spoken word, there's another thing that I need for you to remember. Look at the last sentence in verse 5. A.K.A. You got to stay humble. <laughs> uh-huh. It's right there. 
See, a lot of times God bless us and we get all puffed up. You can't hit them in the tail with a red apple. They get to strutting their stuff. You know God. No. Do you know God? It's about to tear you all the way down because you done got blessed by him, but you ain't kneeling. You ain't humbling yourself. The Bible says if you humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, he will lift you up. Not you lift yourself up. I'm just keeping it real. And then verse 6 says. Verse 6 says, And the number of them that left, putting their hand to their mouth. See that? Notice what they did? They put their hand to their mouth. Meaning that that extended power, that hand, that extended power that God has given us, we have to take it and speak the word. Don't you speak with your mouth? If the hand represents the extended power of God and you put that thing in your mouth, you're going to be speaking out of the anointing. Making sense? The last verse, word of God says, and the Lord said, <laughs> spoken word, unto Gideon, by the 300 men, that means those that are resurrected in the spirit. Three is the resurrection of God in man. It's only by way of the 300 that you're going to be able to lap. He says, I will save you. It's the resurrected man. That 300 men that left, will I say, that washed the blessings that God has given us in the anointing by the spoken word. That's the one that God is going to say when the rocky time comes. When the strife comes. When the adversity comes. When the having to do without comes. You know all that stuff. He says, I'll save you and deliver the strife, the Midianites, the strife, the contention, the drama. I'm going to deliver that into thine hand, thy power, and let all the other people go, every man into his place. In closing. Started out with 32,000. I was listening to <coughs> Apostle Chong the other day. He started church. I think it was on the West Coast. Started in his house. A few years later, he had 5,000 people. 5,000. He walked away from all of it. He said, this ain't nothing. He said, I'm going to try a different route. He said, the reason why this ain't nothing is because God has placed gifts in all of us. And you got a lot of people. You got 5,000 people. And ain't but a hundred exercising their gift to run that ministry, then guess what? Look at all them people with them gifts that's rotted away. He said, when God showed him that. Don't get tripped out on big, because big ain't always better. And in most times, it's not. 
You ever seen these shows? Take what's behind the big curtain. And there don't be nothing back there but a monkey. And over here in that little box is a diamond or something that's very expensive, right? Mm-hmm. See, they know man's eyes get big with what they see. But it's what you don't see that's most important. The most thing that's important in your body is that which is not seen, not that which we see. Your brain, your heart, your lung. You let that start working. And that body. You, you let the 300, the selected, start working up in here and see what will happen. It will rot. It will go down. Can't do it by yourself. You can't. He says, send the rest of them home. I just want a certain type that I'm going to select. 300, the selected. I don't want all of that. Because what that's going to do is, that's going to cause them to think that they did it. And most of them aren't worthy to walk with me because they're cowards. Now you send them home. Because most of them are not going to carry that cross like I did all the way to Golgotha and die. Right after he said that, now he said, now if you're going to follow me, you're going to have to go through what I went through. You're going to have to deny yourself, take up your cross, mm-hmm, and follow me. Take it up daily. See, there's a Golgotha waiting on every one of us. Why do you think we're carrying this cross? That word Golgotha, the, 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 the place of the skull, means the way of every man must go. That's what it means in Hebrew. Every man got to go the way of Jesus Christ. One way or the other, to be judged to go with the goats or to be judged and go with the saints. So it's time, church, for us to understand that we have to work the word of God in the anointing. We have to understand that the thoughts that we have are simply suggestions. And we have to have a clear conscience so that we can think properly on which decision to make. A man and a woman who knows they have a choice is a person that's free to choose. A person that doesn't know that they have a choice that's in bondage is in prison. Amen? Always remember, you got a choice. In that conversation that Minister Tom and I was talking today, and we talk often, he's a good counselor. We talk often. He said, now you know that whole He said, that hole ain't as deep as the devil would make you want to think it is. He says, all it takes to get out of it is the choice you decide to make for yourself. And then you'll find out that the hole wasn't (laughs) deep at all. Matter of fact, you can't even hardly call it a hole. It's a little depression in the ground that's inside of you. All you got to do is make the right choice and God bring you right on out of it. Amen?
Give God some praise in the house. Next week, we're going to deal with 300, the victory. How many of y'all want victory in the house? How many of y'all want victory in the house? Next week, we'll be talking about the victory. God is going to show us how to get the victory. He's already shown us that we've been selected. Now he's going to show us how to take this thing to the devil, to the strife, to the contention that's in your life, and get the victory. How many, once again, want the victory of life? Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. Come on up, brother. our way. Amen. And we take the 32,000 right quick, right? Because we think the more people that we got, we can win the battle, but that's not God.